Welcome to the New Media Show, where each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, UTC plus 4, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee take their over 30 combined years of leadership in the podcasting space to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct the current podcasting news, forecasts, trends, and predictions. Now here are your hosts, Academy of Podcasting Hall of Famers, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? And we're back Good. after a two-week hiatus. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm doing great, Todd. It's great to be great to be back. So I'm I'm doing the show from a new place, so this is this is better. So um, I'm still building my studio. So, <laughs> well, that's yeah. good. But I tell you what, you know what we've got? We've got. <laughs> Dan Franks uh, talking about Mr. <laughs> Danny Boy. <laughs> Dan Franks. We're talking about Dan Franks. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, welcome, uh, welcome, welcome to the show, Dan. Yeah, it's it's actually funny because obviously that song originally is about baseball, and baseball just got canceled at least the beginning of the season. So I guess it's apropos that we uh, cut baseball out of the song and put something else in there. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Wow. So I, well, yeah. I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I, I've got an annoying ratchet going on in my ear. Rob, I'll let you start talking to Dan, and I'm going to go turn a pot once or twice, and oh, I'll be okay. right back. But go ahead. All right. All right. Well, Dan, thanks for, for jumping on the the, um, the the Skype line and, and joining us. We wanted to, you know, th- this is like an annual thing that we do with you when there's a podcast movement event. I know over the last couple of years, there really hasn't been that many of them. Uh, so this is a rare occurrence and i think it is a little bit of a coming out or coming back however you want to want to say it um this this particular event i think is going to be you know really the first event that's um of scale uh that's coming back from the pandemic and hopefully people you know won't have to wear masks but i that may be a possibility still but yeah, are you excited to get get back in the game with the with the evolutions event? I know it's been a few years now. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited uh, for all the reasons you just mentioned. Um, obviously, our our bread and butter at podcast movement are the events, and it's been two or three years now. So it feels like since we've been able to do it, um, you know, like like we've wanted to, and and hopefully this is right. the first year back where we're able to really, you know, kind of. Uh, put our best foot forward with, with an event, you know, we did have uh, Nashville PM 21, um, yep. with everything going on. I think it went really well. We had, um, you know, over 2000 people there in person, which, you know, kind of still in the heart of things being crazy. Uh, it, it was, it was good, but like you said, hopefully with, uh, you know, some mask mandates going down and people feeling more comfortable traveling. And I know I can speak for several, you know, organizations and companies in the podcast space who now have, uh, lifted their travel restrictions. Uh, so that's going to, yeah. um, kind of flood the, the event with some of those folks as well. So, uh, yeah, I, all, all signs are pointing to evolutions here in three weeks from today, actually, um, being oh, wow. a, a really good one. And, and, you know, I, I've noticed something that has to be mentioned. You, you you've got a beard. <laughs> okay. So the question, I can't remember if, because we did do one of these shows before Nashville and I can't remember if we had that, maybe it wasn't, uh, wasn't groomed as much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it definitely started as a pandemic beard in 2020. And the true story is I had a daughter born right when the pandemic was starting. Um, so she's nearly two years old now. 
and she's never known me without it. So at this point, oh. I think if I were to if I were to lose it, then uh, she might not recognize dad anymore. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you don't want to lose that connection. That's for no, sure. exactly, exactly. And you know, my yeah. older daughter, she's four, and I ask her, "Do you want me to get rid of it?" And she, you know, doesn't remember me without it at this point either. So I'll, I'll, uh, both right. of them vote for me to keep it. Yeah, and I grew one too over the last couple months. So it's been something that I've been. I've been trying. Obviously, I was challenged by Todd and James Cridlin to grow this beard. So, <laughs> of all things, <laughs> you got to. So you got to at least see them both in person with the beard, right? James will right. be in in uh, yeah. in Los Angeles, so you got to yeah. prove it to him that it's not just drawn on on for Skype. Yeah, that, I, that's I, right. I, yeah. I keep mine pretty thin, so I'm not letting it get shaggy like yours. So, of course, you know <laughs> it's a difference between gray twenty years of age difference too you know it's uh, you don't have to worry about the gray hair yet so not yet <laughs> yeah but hey uh dan it's glad to have you on and i know you guys are busy and i've been seeing lots of announcements it uh, looks to me and of course rob and i have been gone for two weeks so we're gonna have to talk about some other stuff today too but we'll get the right. the evolution stuff uh, out of the way number one podcast hall of fame announcement uh so eight people inducting yeah, we're super excited to bring that back. It felt like the last few times I was on here, that was obviously a point of conversation is when that was going to come back. Um, and super, you know, pumped for for Libsyn to step up and partner with us to bring that back. Uh, eight awesome Hall of Famers coming in. Uh, and, you know, one of our concerns, obviously, with things going on was, were we going to be able to get eight people there in person to accept? And, um, you know, save for one, uh, they'll all be there in person. And it's yeah. a really great class. And we're super excited to bring that back. You know, from our side, from a production standpoint, it's a fun event to put on. Um, but then also just for honoring those in the space who deserve to be honored, being able to do that once again. Awesome. Yeah. And and you've you've uh, scored a comedian. Is he going to be a comedian or is he going to be talking about his podcast? Yeah. So TBD. So yeah, Will Ferrell uh, is. Um, I guess from the podcast space, what he's done the most of is his own podcast, the Ron Burgundy uh, show, which is the spinoff right. of the Anchorman movie. Um, but within iHeartRadio, he's got his own uh, network, his own podcast network, which they've done for several other um, kind of celebrities. They've they've spun up little uh, networks underneath the iHeart umbrella uh, and big money players is what his is called. And they've got a stable of com comedy podcasts. So I believe a lot of the conversation is going to be about that and kind of the um, – you know, the network within the network and, and things like that. And obviously it'll be cool to have someone like Will Ferrell on stage uh, as one of the keynote speakers of that first day. Um, and then today we just announced that Latif Nasser, who uh, is the new host of Radio Lab, um, the the longtime uh, radio host, ja uh, Radio Lab host, Jad, stepped down several months ago. And Latif has been on the team for, for years and is now uh, one of the hosts of that show and obviously one of the largest podcasts in the world, Radio Lab is. So excited to have him there and he's actually doing a, a solo talk presentation which you know usually when you get bigger names to do um keynote talks you kind of have to do it as a panel or do it as a fireside chat just for the lift to be a little less for those um folks but uh yeah he's going to be doing a you know an original talk and presentation oh. so kind of excited for that as well yeah i've got a confession to make though i have not listened to a single episode of radio lab yeah, that's okay, yeah. right? That's why we love podcasting, yeah, right? You know, <laughs> and right. it's not you have it's, big shows that no that you don't listen to, and it's not that, it, and I don't know why. I understand it's a fantastic show, but I don't know why I've never subscribed to it. So I probably should at least listen to at least one episode before 
evolutions to get a feel. It's a highly, highly produced program that's very interesting. I think they've done a trip. I've listened to a few episodes over the years, and I think they, they do a terrific job. So this change in hosts should be interesting. I, you know, I should go check right. it out again. Yeah. Are, are you hearing Rob okay, Dan? I am hearing Rob okay. I don't know if the, okay. the audience is. Sounds like you're not. Yeah, just it might be. If you're hearing him okay, the audience is hearing hearing him okay, and it's just on my end, so it's a little weird, but Got it's it. okay. Just yeah, but of, Rob, like you said, um, you know, he's a new host of of Radio Lab, and it's one of the most highly produced. You know, kind of this whole concept of like in depth sound design and right. lots and lots of producers working on the show. Like that's Radio Lab. It's probably the most produced podcast I've ever heard. That's kind of what they're known for. Um, but yeah, so the kind of the theme of it is the the show again, well well known podcast and, and radio show as well it's i think nationwide on on npr um but the evolution of that with the new host and the new direction so we're kind of mirroring that evolutions of podcasting theme with uh the talk that he'll be doing so i'm excited to see how that turns out yeah i think the kind of the, the overriding concept of the show is to, is to kind of uh, be at the cutting edge of audio and radio per se uh, so i think that's that's why Before we get too far into it, I'm sure there's a few people that are listening to this um, that um, are, maybe are not familiar with Podcast Movement Evolutions in L.A. And I just wanted to mention it's uh, March 23rd through the 26th, uh, coming up here this month uh, in Los Angeles. And it also has a virtual component to it, too. So, so Dan, why don't you tell us, kind of just start from the top with it for those that may not be uh, as familiar with podcast movement as Todd and I are. Yeah, for sure. So podcast movement, uh, the flagship event is what we started in 2014 and every summer, um, conference that's really kind of trying to capture the entire ecosystem of podcasting. Uh, it's, it's, a just a, a really giant event. We've got 10 or 12 stages going at any time. Um, just lots of education, lots of networking parties, that kind of thing. Um, so that's a flagship event. It's the largest event. That's uh, next iteration is coming up this August in Dallas. Um, but but in 2020, we decided to spin off uh, another event, and we called it Evolutions. Uh, February 2020 was the first time we did it, and also the last time we did it uh, because of you know things. Um, but the whole concept there was uh, that the education on the Evolutions event would all be about latest trends, latest technology, like you said, kind of the cutting edge or, edge or the bleeding edge of uh, what's happening in the podcasting space. Um, so from a content standpoint, that's really what we're focusing on uh, with Evolutions is making sure that the topics are fresh and, um, yeah, super topical. Uh, so that's the event, like you said, happening March 23rd through 26th. Um, it's split up a little differently than the flagship event. So the flagship event uh, it's kind of choose your own adventure. You buy a ticket and you can go to the marketing stage or the monetization stage or the creation stage or whatever stage, whatever track you want to participate in throughout the event. Um, this event, we wanted to try our hand at curating the tracks a little bit more to try to create a really great experience for the attendee, whatever the attendee's place in podcasting is. So we have three tracks at Evolutions. We have the creator track, which is 
kind of the new podcaster or the hobbyist podcaster. Um, it's a track geared towards them. We have the pro podcaster track, which are those people that are either making a business out of their show or trying to make a business out of their show. Um, and then our third track is our industry professional track. And that's more the business side, the corporate side of podcasting. Um, so by splitting up the tracks based on who you are as an attendee, as opposed to topic, we're able to curate a really, um, you know, focused track for you, whoever you are. So if we can identify you as a professional podcaster, then all the sessions we program on that track can be geared towards you as a professional podcaster. So long story short, um, it's a more focused type of an event. We've got four stages instead of 12 or 14, like at the flagship event. Um, and really, you know, like I said, trying to curate a, a full three days of, of topics that'll be really, you know, valuable and appearing, uh, sorry, appealing for attendees. And then, like you said, we've got our virtual component. So all four stages will be live streamed, uh, throughout the entire event. So if someone attends in person, uh, as a professional podcaster, they, have access to all the sessions on the professional podcaster track. If you attend virtually as a professional podcaster, you have access to live streams of all the sessions on that track. So really trying to, um, at least for this year, do that full hybrid experience. We call it in, in events, the hybrid events. Um, so that whether you're attending in person or virtually, you're more or less able to consume that exact same content at the exact same time. Yeah, Rob, so you are breaking up a little bit on the stream, so I, I don't know what to do. It We'll just continue to go, and hopefully it, it comes and goes. It's like it's good, and then it's bad, and it's, it is it is what it is, so we'll keep our fingers crossed. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so let's talk, talk a little, little bit about, um, you know, your – your thoughts on, you know, like the after hours events and things like that, that are kind of in the, the cards as well. I mean, we talked a little bit about the hall of fame. Uh, I know that there's a little bit of a companion event going on with the Ambies and I don't know if you want to talk about some of that kind of stuff too. Yeah. So it's good. It's going to actually be a really fun week in Los Angeles for podcasters. And a lot of people are coming at the beginning of the week and staying through the weekend, uh, but yeah, the Ambies, the Podcast Academy Awards for Podcasters is taking place that Tuesday. So that's the 22nd. Um, that's right. taking place in downtown Los Angeles. So right around the corner from the uh, podcast movement venue. Um, it's also being live streamed for anyone who's not there in person. But a lot of folks are coming in for the Ambie Awards, either finalists or members of the uh, Podcast Academy will be there. So that's kind of kicking off the podcasting week there in Los Angeles on the 22nd. Then the next day, the 23rd, um, that's the day that podcast movement kicks off in the afternoon and evening. But that morning, uh, local time, 11 a.m. local time, so whatever uh, in Pacific, so whatever that extrapolates to in the rest of the world, um, the Infinite Dial, which is Edison Research's uh, big kind of data presentation every year um, that a lot of you know people that reference uh, trends and stats and things in podcasting um, that's being presented as a part of Evolutions um, that Wednesday. Um, that's actually open to the public, so anyone local who's not coming to podcast huh? movement is able to to jump in there and check out the Infinite Dial live. Uh, it's the first time that Edison's ever done it live as opposed to just a, a web-based presentation. So that's kind of cool. We're excited to um, partner with Edison Research to put that out there live. And then, of course, that's being live-streamed. Uh, like they do every year uh, for for free on on YouTube. So I'm excited about that. And then yeah, that night the opening party. It's an Acast party. Um, that's when we're how we're kicking things off. And then 
each evening. Uh, we've got, like you said, parties. Uh, Paris Hilton as a random uh, <laughs> a random DJ entertainment for the iHeart party on Thursday night. Um, that's a new a new thing she's trying to break into, I guess, is the DJ scene, and we're excited to have her as the entertainment. Um, and then, yeah, the other cool thing we've got going on this year is several mornings we've got free uh, sponsored breakfasts or whether it's, you know, grab-and-go muffins and coffee or um, something a little more. So we've got something like that going on. It's all on the schedule on the website. Um, and then, you know, some evening uh, open bar activities and afternoon open bar activities and stuff. So uh, I, I don't know if it's, you know, sponsors having some built-up uh, funds from taking a couple years off or what, but it's going to turn out to be a really great experience for those in person to kind of be able to to take advantage of that. And one of the breakfasts actually, uh, Blueberry is co-sponsoring uh, with Produce Your Podcast uh, and Tracy DeForge over there. So excited for um, for for breakfast that day. Yeah, we're just doing a little uh, event that is um, designed to, I guess for better words, get podcasters introduced to that team and us and then talk about growing your podcast. And they're not going to be real pitchy, but we're going to have an offer that'll go along with those that show up for breakfast. They'll be able to come to a an a ongoing webinar that we're going to hold that uh, between us and and produce your podcast. So it's uh, something new that we're trying, and definitely, you know, the, the number one thing I continue to hear again and again and again and again from podcasters every week: How do I grow my show? How do I grow yep. my show? <laughs> that so, is the number one question. So I hear it all day long. Yeah, so we're super focused on that you know, as a company is, you know, we've got some announcements coming on the 15th that, uh, we're going to be making, uh, one week. We'll let it percolate for a week as leading into the show. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's a busy time. Hey, Dan, speaking of that topic is, I mean, is there, uh, anything you can think of that's kind of, kind of special at podcast movement, the, the evolutions that, um, is going to cover how to grow your podcast. Do you, is there any kind of track that a podcaster could get involved in at the event that might help them with that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that that creator track, which is that, you know, kind of newer podcaster, um, right. trying to, you know, work on some of the fundamentals and basics. Um, that's actually a two stage track. So someone that buys a create creator pass, which is our lowest price pass. Um, they've right. got two things to pick from every time. And then pro pass pass holders can go to the pro pass as well as both creator stages. So depending on what level you're at, you get, your track um, and everything below it uh, involved included and that's virtual and in person but yeah that creator track a lot of the stuff is focusing on um, you know growth as well as like some of the things that kind of come before growth like some of that community building aspect where you know kind yeah. of building the foundation of you know not just okay we're putting a podcast out there but how do you nurture your existing community so that you know you've got something to, to build off of as opposed to just trying to you know, create this large audience out of thin air. So a lot of it's like that because, you know, you guys know that too, that, you know, you can't go from zero to 100. Sometimes that, that slow growth and kind of, um, you know, appreciating those who are there with you now, yeah. whatever that number is, you know, kind yeah. of building off of that. So, um, yeah, community building is, is kind of a, a big piece of that as well. You know, I think the, the space is at a, a point now where we've had so many new shows come in. Uh, to the space. I did an interview two weeks ago to, out with a gal out in Los Angeles and she didn't even know about evolutions. And I'm like, we need, you know, I thought, wow, you know, you're in LA, there's a pod, big podcasting event coming to LA and you don't even know about it. I think uh, one of our bigger challenges is just get people informed that 
there are these big national events that they can attend and then drink from the fire hose and come to the events and get educated. Um, so I think she bought a ticket from basically me saying, Hey, this is available in your area. So, um, you know, just a little information for your social team. You got, I think there's still a lot of people that you can reach to grow the base. Yeah, I think Todd, I mean, I think that's a good point, Todd. I mean, I, I talk to a lot of podcasters too, and a lot of them aren't familiar with it. And I think a lot of it gets back to, there's just a lot of new people that have joined the podcast medium. And because of the pandemic or whatever people, it's not even necessarily even in their mindset <laughs> yet to, to attend an event or even uh, look for one. So I think that, yeah, I think that there's a little bit of a marketing challenge. And that's one of the reasons, um, Dan, why we like to have you on the show prior, prior to the event is to let more people know about it. So we can kind of build on the community uh, and build it larger and, you know, ha having the Hall of, Hall of Fame there and having the Ambies there, it just creates more of a reason for people to come out, especially now, you know, it, it, as we're coming out from this pandemic. Yeah, and and you you hit on it. it's a marketing challenge. Obviously, we've been at this doing building the event since 2014. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily from a or for sure not from a lack of trying to to spread the word. Right. Um, yeah. But like what the best way I can describe it is like podcasters don't all hang out in the same place. They, there's right. not one social media um, you know network that they're all on. Uh, right. There's not one Facebook group they're all hanging out in. There's not you know you've got certain pockets of podcasters and their interest. Uh, bring them to Reddit and all they do is spend time on Reddit. Then you've got your Facebook group people where whatever their topic is, they're hanging out and you know, you got discord yep. now is a real big one. Yep. Um, so you've got all these mini pockets of podcasters who are kind of insulated in their own bubble, um, amongst themselves. And obviously, you know, you've got your audio fiction and all these just real closely knit groups. Yep. Uh, and they're, you know, so it's almost like you've got to go in and, uh, you know, kind of make a, make a pre your presence known within each one of these groups. And because there's so many new shows coming in and quite honestly, so much attrition and people leaving, um, it's constantly a moving target. It's never like, okay, once the audio fiction podcasters know we exist, then we're set. No, it's like that constant churn. So yeah, I mean, it's a marketing, um, dilemma and, uh, you know, it, we do often wonder, we're like, okay, we've got whatever it is, 60 or 70,000 members in our Facebook group. And, you know, uh, roughly that same amount following us on Twitter, like, what, how do we, you know, these people are interacting with us on Twitter and in the Facebook group, but they still don't know what it is we do or, <laughs> or even who we are. And it's, again, it's not from lack of trying, like we're, you know, we're, we're spending a crap ton of money on, on ads to show them Facebook ads and Twitter ads and all of that. Um, and a lot of them are on our email list and for whatever reason, they're still not, you know, completely familiar with the event. So, uh, it's, it's really just kind of trying to attack it at all angles and really, you know, pound, pounded in, in that this is what we do and this is what we have to offer. And, you know, the other thing is, though, events are not for everyone. Podcast events are not for everyone. Most of these shows that are out there, even active ones, they're doing it for fun. The, you know, podcasters are doing it as a hobby. So you're immediately kind of chopping off a small section of those people that would even be interested in investing their time and resources to go to an event. So that's, right. you know, the other component of it is, you know, just that diverse goal diverse set of goals that people have putting podcasts together in the first place, um, you know, just adds even more difficulty and challenge. You know, yeah, I try and try and mention it to any podcast that I'm talking about, you know, or talking to or trying to help or whatever about the event. And I think that's the encouragement that we need to make more broadly is to the podcasters that are familiar with podcast movement. Um, just 
tell other podcasters if you if you happen to come in contact with them just just let them know about it at least it gives them the option to decide if it's something for them or not one thing i do you know one thing that we see is that um even in our own business you know it's like you you can you know for a long time people didn't know we had hosting and then now right. people don't know we have free stats and it's this ever evolving this is getting to it's, people. It's right. and that getting making sure that marketing message is clear and in, and you know it's it's an ongoing challenge for all of us. We all have our own you know things that we deal with on right. this. But it's uh, it's yeah. like any other business. You're trying to grow your customers, and in some ways, that's who that's that's what an attendee is is basically a customer of podcast right. movement. <laughs> so, right. so yeah and, and it's also you know what anyone else like any other brand especially with the content marketing tries to do is you know outside of just producing the events we have our, our daily newsletter and like that's probably our largest most consistent megaphone um, but yeah. if we turn that into a pure promotional vehicle for the events then it wouldn't be nearly as large as it is with, you know, the number of subscribers and, you know, the open rates and the readers and stuff, um, people would start unsubscribing yeah. or tuning out because it's promotional. So it's also a balance of, and I know, you know, both of you all do it with Libsyn and Blueberry too, is the newsletters are very value packed for people who are customers or not customers. And then it's almost like how soft do you sell it so that you keep them opening it, whether they're a customer or not, but not sell right. it so softly that people don't even know what it is. Like Todd said, what it is you actually do as a company so and, and the re repetition rate is very you know like we do the newsletter once a month and then we don't hit them too often with announcements unless it's something really special because you hit them too much they unsubscribe because you're causing noise in their inbox so mm -hmm. right. you have to make sure whatever you're sending is a value and that right. and that there's enough value there that they go oh okay cool even it might be 15 seconds looking at the email or, you know, it's the same time. You guys look at your open rates and I know, you know, we're pretty happy with our, our open rates of our newsletters, but the, um, you always want to be a hundred percent, but it'll never be. So, mm -hmm. you know, a certain segment of folks just automatically delete stuff. They don't even read it anymore. So they thought oh, this doesn't apply to me today. So yeah, it can be an ongoing challenge, but so I'm excited about coming out to LA. I'll be honest with you. It's, uh, um, we obviously had the event in, uh, in Nashville and, uh, I think, uh, LA will at least be a little more open food wise. So we'll probably have no issues with, uh, <laughs> with getting fed and stuff like that. What's the, what's the hotel and what's the, uh, venue looking like for this? Yeah. So, uh, the venue, it's the JW Marriott downtown. It's in the LA live complex, which is where the, uh, Lakers arena is it used to be the Staples center. I think it's like crypto.com now. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of a very walkable uh, part of downtown with lots of different restaurants and stuff. So that'll be exciting to be in a, a walkable part of town for you know for lunch or breaks or the bar after. Um, hotel's really nice. It's connected to the Ritz, so you got some some uh, some shared resources with the Ritz Carlton, which is never a bad thing in terms of um, you know things being nice and clean. Uh, it's probably the JW Marriott's probably the most upscale hotel we've ever had the event at. Uh, we I'll say we got the pandemic special. Um, we signed a contract when not a whole lot of people were signing contracts, kind of betting on us being able to do the event before other groups were willing to take that bet. Um, so for that reason, um, our hotel rates were really reasonable for the JW Marriott and, um, yeah, just a nice space. Uh, so excited about, you know, kind of the, the venues and the, and, and the offerings there. Um, 
and yeah, you know, when we were at Evolutions two years ago, it was also downtown. It was in a different part of downtown, kind of an older part of downtown. So excited to kind of upgrade that piece as well. The and what I like because it's the Marriott, because I can get points and I have status. So it's same, a good same. Yeah. <laughs> same like, with me, right? Yeah. So Hilton, Marriotts, those those are always good choices for for venues. At least, right. <laughs> you know, some people are laughing. No, I want the Carlton, or you know, but they have the option. They can go over there and stay. That's a Marriott too. Yeah, yeah Marriott owns half the world, so most yeah. most hotels you can uh, <laughs> throw a rock and hit. It's a Marriott. So um, one thing I want to, this is a little off topic from the event, but as we were going off the air last episode, which was more than two weeks ago, it was right when Spotify announced that they had bought Podsites and Chartable. And of course, there's been a lot of discussion about that. We're late to the bus because of the, you know, having been off a couple of weeks here with Rob moving and everything else. What, uh... You know, what what uh, what are you hearing about these kinds of things? You know, Rob and I probably have our own opinions, but what are you hearing uh, on your side of the fence? Yeah, you know, I, f- from a lot of the creators we work with, because a lot of w- who we work with on a daily basis are those, um, you know, new or, or hobbyist creators. Uh, I don't think they feel much of an effect on that. So a lot of these, you know, acquisitions and purchases that we're seeing happen, um, you know, they recognize Spotify, but they're like, okay, these other two companies, like they're not anyone that really, you know, they are involved with, like maybe they signed up for chartable and use it to see their rankings and, you know, different countries. Like I, I know people do that. Um, but I, I think th- at least this specific example, um, a lot of the creators don't necessarily think it affects them in any way. Um, it probably does. There's probably a trickle down effect to everything. Um, but from that standpoint, I don't, I don't, you know, hear just a whole lot. Um, I know Rob and I were at uh, at the On Air Fest uh, Summit last week, and uh, Spotify was in you know not just this acquisition, but other things as well. Were definitely um, topics of conversation through on stage and off. You know, I think that uh, the feedback we're getting, and of course we just look at it from a service side, is that a lot of podcasters now, with them saying they're going to shut down Chartable and roll you know it into Megaphone think a lot of people are looking for a new home for stats. So, you know, it's a toot in my own horn here. You know, we've been doing it for a long time. So, yeah, you know, it's what's kind of curious is, is a lot of my initiative that I've been doing internally for our stats product was really fully targeting Chartable's platform because we were, you know, bringing in more stuff than they had. And uh, so I guess it was good timing for us, but I thought it was yeah. just, just curious what, uh, you know, what you guys, what you're hearing on your end. So Rob, uh, you want to, you want to, what, what happened at this summit that you guys were talking about that was anything juicy? Well, I think the, the summit part of it was the hot pod summit, um, which is separate from the on air fest. I was the day before, but, uh, I mean, it was very well attended, uh, in-person events. So that was, that's the first time since podcast movement that I've been to an in-person event of some sort of scale. I mean, it wasn't huge. The venue was kind of small. Um, so it seemed pretty packed, you know, so, which is a technique. I don't know if that was done on purpose or by accident or what that was, but, um, I thought it was interesting. I think a lot of the topics, I don't know how, how you felt about it, Dan, but, um, felt a little bit like, um, that they were like well-beaten topics. There wasn't really kind of uh, a 
topics that I would say was really kind of at the cutting edge of the medium. Uh, I think it was a lot of kind of trying to orient a lot of new people to, to podcasting, which is always helpful. Um, but it was a lot of rehashing of issues in the space that, and topics and in, in space that have been talked to death. I don't know if, I don't know what your thought is. Dan, yeah. That. I mean, from the event planner standpoint, you know, I always look at events that way now. Um, it's very difficult to program a single track event, which is what this was, you know, you've got one yep. stage and one, you know, to pick from and everyone goes to sessions at that stage. It's very yeah. difficult to program a single track event if you don't have a targeted specific type of attendee there. So right. the type of attendee at the hot pod summit were, um, I guess, you know, decision makers from platforms and networks and kind of that high level executive role. Very few creators were there, um, yeah. but it, it was people that served different roles. So you've got your ad buyer representatives there, your ad seller representatives there. Yeah. You've got, yeah. like I said, people that are running networks, people that are running platforms. So because all of those people have different participation in the space, different interests in the space, but you right. only have one session at a time for them to go to, uh, you know, maybe one or two of the sessions throughout the day appealed to every individual person yeah. had one or two, but it wasn't those same one or two. So I think that's, you know, just kind of the nature of that type of event. Um, I certainly think like any other event that we go to the, the most valuable parts are the conversations you have with yeah, the people who are there. So the content yeah. almost becomes secondary, like, like any event, you know, podcast movement right. as well. Um, I think the two topics that I saw that were kind of topical, um, I don't know about cutting edge, but topical conversations. Um, the first one was kind of like uh, platforming and deplatforming in that conversation. That's you know kind of the the Joe Rogan conversation. We'll call it for lack of better term. Um, I thought that was an interesting conversation with several different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that was just kind of the the evolution of you know dynamic ad insertion and you know host reads versus um, you know recorded host reads and uh, versus you know straight up just <laughs> radio style commercials. <laughs> Um, and, and kind of the, the dynamic there and again, different viewpoints and people on stage from different parts of the industry that had different, um, you know, I don't want to say agendas, but different, um, perspectives, we'll call it on the, the conversation. So those were the two that I would say, um, were probably the most, um, you know, topical type conversations. I think the key word there is agendas. It doesn't matter if it's me, Rob. Or anybody, when we have a presentation, there's always an agenda. If there's an, it, it might be an educational agenda, but there's an agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, I ultimately. don't have agendas, Todd. Okay, I whatever. Can't <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you participated in several Q and A uh, questions. I did see that. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I mean, to be frank about it, I mean, a few of the panel sessions talking about dynamic ad insertion didn't cover, didn't really talk about um, that that key differentiator, which is you can actually do a host read as pre-recorded. So, you know, that wasn't discussed on stage. So I, I wanted to bring it up, but, um, and, and I think it, it kind of challenged Dan Granger a little bit, who is from Oxford road. Cause I don't think those, and this is an interesting topic actually to talk about is that a lot of the ad buyers don't really want the host reads to be dynamically inserted. Cause guess what? They can be removed and they don't want them removed. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, really so, so what you're saying is like, that. they'll say they don't want it because they'll say, oh, we want it to be like that natural flow within the episode, right? We want it to right. be a well, transition between the show and our ad. But you're yeah. saying like, if you can basically give it that same feel, but it'd be dynamically inserted, you've got the best of both worlds. Um, right. in, in reality, you're saying their underlying thought is maybe they just don't want their ad but, to be 
switched out for the archives. But but right. but again, I go back to the numbers. And this is this hasn't changed in more than 10 years. 90% of yeah. the podcasts I look at at least globally have 90% of their lifetime downloads within the first 96 hours. Oh, that's true. So that. so yeah. it's, you know, if it's baked in, so what? Right? If it's for 90% of shows now, granted. Yeah, but yeah, but Todd, why do they why do the ad buyers object to having them removed? Is it just a psychological thing? It's like, well, we're getting a bunch of free they, it's it's all psych, it's all psychological, you know. If 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 it's baked in, it's there forever. They think they're, you know, it's it's. it's well, some shows, as you know, Todd, get um, archival downloads. Oh, oh if if they do, yeah. then they need to rebuild. Don't, well, don't don't take this the wrong way. Ninety percent right. of shows, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you rebuild it. You're you're not getting any more value out. Of it. You're not making more money from that episode. But those ten percent that do, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, they need to be removing those ads and putting stuff in, uh, undoubtedly, you know. But again, every time someone tells me, oh, I got long tail, I look at their stats and up and down. That's the, no, <laughs> very long. Tail. No, it's, it's, you know, it, it you know, okay. Yeah. You, you get 10, two weeks later, you get 20 the next month. That's not long tail. Yeah. So yeah. I think it depends on. It also depends on the kind of content. It's too, true. Right? It's yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like a like a grammar girl or something like that. Yeah, she yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Unbelievable tremendous downloads. Un- unbelievable right. long tail. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So it's my show, Geeking Central. I'll burn it in and leave it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it don't care because no one's going to go listen to that in two months. Nobody. Yeah. yeah right. One or two. <laughs> right. Right. But. No, so I just it's it's interesting that the mindset has finally changed in this country where I think half the country's been over COVID for about a year and a half, and then about the other half the country's been over COVID for about two months. So I think that you should be in great shape, Dan, for the show. I think I think you're gonna have great attendance, everyone's gonna be excited to get out and Omicron's past us, Delta's past us. Everyone's vaxxed, so at least everyone that's attending is vaxxed because that's a requirement. But uh, well, oh, or a test. Quick point of clarification: yeah, you have to have or, a test. or negative test. Negative so, test. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's see. L.A. County is who um, dictates the the rules for our event because we're in L.A. County, um, and their current set of rules, which will apply to us, is every attendee either has to show their vaccination card or um, show a negative uh, test. So PCR test. You, yeah, uh, yeah, or 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 rapid, or, test. Um, or rapid test. So the rule we have the rules on our website. You can check it out. But if it's a rapid test, it has to be um, a different time frame than a PCR test. So um, we we've got those, and it's all you know straight from LA County. Um, but what the the latest development is, and this just came down last week when the CDC released their latest rules, um, is that anyone who's there and, and vaccinated doesn't have to wear a mask. Whereas technically before. Um, a mega event is what it's considered by LA County, um, regardless of inside, outside, vaccinated, not, um, everybody had to wear a mask inside. And now that mask rule is what, what's dropped. So we're excited Beautiful. about that and kept the, you know, kept the websites all up to date and we'll keep it up to date if anything else changes. But, um, like you said, everything's pointed in the right direction. And I've got just today, several emails from, you know, companies that waited until the last minute cause they, you know, had corporate travel mandates and those have now been lifted and now they're you know, trying to, to snatch up the last, you know, set of group registration. So it's a good sign for us. And, you know, we're excited that 
that's happening. That's good. I'm I'm happy that uh, the timing is right. You know, because yeah. this is going your your event's going to happen then NAB in Vegas the following month. So uh, yeah. maybe the doors will be unleashed. And you know, it, CES was a nightmare. There was hardly anyone at that event. And um, yeah, and NAB is falling at the wrong time. I mean, all all events are the wrong have been the wrong time to some extent. But yeah, you know, when they tried to reschedule it for for the fall, and that's when the Delta variant came back. So yeah, I'm I'm happy for them and all of us who you know right. participate in it to hopefully be back in full force this year. Yeah, CES had to have done the show, or they'd have been out of business. They had no choice. They had they had to push through. And yeah, you know, I made it in and out without getting anything. So knock on wood. Um, oh, good. So, you know, one thing I didn't do, and this is something that, uh, I didn't submit a session for your event this year is because to be honest with you, I hadn't, you know, your announcements came out for submissions and I was kind of like, do I have anything new in the can I want to talk about? And they said, nope. And I said, all right, just do a pass. I'll sit one out and I'll go sit in some sessions this time and try to listen instead of talk. So. I'm excited to, and I've been watching your lineup of speakers and the different types of topics. So it looks like you get a pretty rich portfolio of, of content. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're excited and, you know, over a hundred sessions. So too many to kind of, you know, single any ones out, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good variety. And you know what we really, the reason we like that open submission process, which is where probably 80% of our sessions come from is just because we never know, you know, who's going to yep. submit or who wants to present on their expertise. So you know, like we just had one come through that guy Roz, who was, you know, from how I built this and Ted radio hour. Um, you know, if we had approached quite honestly, if we had approached him to speak, we'd be working with an agent and paying a, you know, speaking fee and stuff, but the network he's a part of submitted a session with him as a panelist participant. And, um, you know, that's going to be awesome because he's so like a lot of that kind of stuff happens from that open proposal process, but also on the completely other end of the spectrum, we have people who are super successful niche podcasters that no one's ever heard of. Um, you know, not like you with the, the radio lab, right. uh, but people that no one's ever heard of because they're kind of in those bubbles that I talked about earlier. Um, but they have amazing information to share about how they're, you know, growing their show or making six figures off this show that is, you know, gets a hundred listeners an episode, but because of who it is or what it is, um, they're, they're making an amazing business out of it. So all kinds of stuff like that, that just come through that open submission process that if we were, you know, trying to hunt down and curate, you know, all these hundred sessions ourselves, just, we wouldn't be able to root up. So yeah, we're, we're super excited for the lineup and it's going to be a good one. If someone's making a hundred grand with a hundred listeners, I want to see the tax return. <laughs> maybe, maybe a thousand <laughs> listeners, but you know, this one, in per, but you know, these ones in particular, we, we've all seen these, they're, you know, dental podcasts yeah, yeah, yeah. where their only listeners are, you know, high level dentists or right. surgeons. I, um, I had a case just like that. I had an orthopedic surgeon who um, had about a thousand other orthopedic surgeons that were not, he was, no, he wasn't orthopedic. He was uh spinal cord. What do they call that? Um, is that the, is that orthopedic? doesn't matter. He was getting $20,000 a episode for sponsorship with the, for a thousand, a thousand listeners. He actually, I mean, where else, what other medium do you <laughs> right. know? Like, Hey, a hundred percent of these thousand people are this because right. who else would, who else would listen <laughs> right. to it? And for an advertiser, you know, that hundred percent saturation rate yeah. of like every person is going to be your target audience. Like that's amazing. And you want to hear something more crazy. He quit the podcast because his partners said he was making too much money for the clinic and they couldn't find a way to write it off. <laughs> Isn't that, can you imagine walking away from a $20,000 an episode because you're making too much money? Pay the tax. 
that's what that's what most people would do, you know, right? But yeah. yeah. Hey Dan, is there any limitation at all? I I haven't seen the CDC guidelines around boosters, booster shots. Uh, no, right now I don't believe that's a part of the full vaccination okay. consideration. So gotcha. it's uh, you know, one J and J shot or two or more, you know, Moderna or Pfizer. Uh, yeah. Um, and okay. you know, we've got people traveling in obviously from Australia. We mentioned James Cridlin from pod news, um, several other Australians, several other Canadians. Um, I know we have several coming from Europe. Um, so that kind of international travel that we didn't have in Nashville, we weren't able to, uh, that's starting to come back. So, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. the full vaccinations considered in those countries will, will, you know, be are, acceptable are here as well. Are people going to be able to show their vax card on their phone or they have to, have to show the card? Yep. So phone or card, um, or, you know, a lot of these like clear apps have, you know, kind of, yep. so the hotel, we, which luckily enough, we're not the ones we as podcast movement aren't the ones checking and forcing that kind of thing. It's the hotel's policy there. They'll be set up with their, you know, their, their stand before oh, okay. people enter the, enter the space. Um, but yeah, card p- picture, um, and just matching it up with photo ID, and then um, what they'll be doing is whether you're showing your your negative test or whether you're showing your vaccination card, uh, you get a bracelet bra- basically that once you have that bracelet on, that's your you know pass for the rest of the event. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how how the hotel is is doing it. Okay. Cool. Be nice. That, that clear thing worked out real well for for CES. That's what they use primarily, but it's almost the same thing as showing your card. So it's one half dozen the other. So that's cool. Wow. So it's hard to believe it's only a month away. It's not even three weeks. It's three weeks. Less, less, less three than weeks. A month. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm looking at the calendar. That's oh, on March second. It's like wow. And uh, Yeah, you and me you and me both. Um but yeah, we're we're gearing up, we're excited. Um like for our, you know, for our team busy week cuz um you know, we do help as production partners for the Ambies, so we've got a certain part of our team that's helping do the production there. Um obviously, like I said, the Infinite Dial on Wednesday. Hall of Fame that that Friday night with you know podcast movement evolutions happening in between so yeah busy uh, busy time for our team but you know after after more, more or less two years off we're excited to <laughs> be back in action. Tom says the last PM was last was the last event I attended. I'm so ready to be in a place again. I think Tom, I think uh, we will be there with you. I think we all yeah. agree. Speaks for yep. all of us. That's right. It's fun to go out and if nothing else, just wave the flag. Hey, we're here. Let's talk. Let's see, you know, talk. And I'm excited to talk to new podcasters too, because it's really the only time you get a chance to talk to new podcasters in mass. And, uh, someone this maybe, you know, a month or two or, you know, or three months, you know, pretty fresh. And I know maybe the Dallas event is more attract, maybe attract more there for that. But, Still, there's going to be a certain amount of the West Coast crowd that, you know, they're going to be able, they're close, they'll be able to come. So um, I, I'm excited to talk to new podcasters, especially. I think we all are from a, you know, just selfish business perspective, but it's good. Yeah, Dan, I was curious. I wanted to ask a question. I mean, as you look to the future here, hopefully we can, we can, yeah, as we open up more and get more stuff going, do you see both of these events, you know, the podcast movement, um, you know, the, the original event and the evolution events eventually becoming almost the same size conferences. And I mean, it's just like two a year and, or do you always see evolutions as kind of being a little smaller of an event? Well, I mean, you know, selfishly, we'd like them both to grow. Um, yeah, so, right, you know, in, right, in that, right. in that sense, you know, if, if they're both growing, then one never catches up with the other. 
Um, you know, but at some, at some point there's probably some, you know, ceiling, whether it's, you know, less people are creating podcasts or or for whatever reason, like there's probably a ceiling. Um, so yeah, we're not, we're not necessarily throttling growth and, you know, based on our, you know, growth plans for both events, we're planning on both of them growing based on, you know, meeting size that we're contracting in the future and hotel room blocks that we have to book. You know, we've talked about it, I think on several past episodes where we're having to, you know, contract event spaces two, three years in advance, just, because that's the nature of um, large right. events is there's not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of spaces to go around once you get to a certain size. So yeah, I mean, like I said, the plan is for both to grow. Um, yeah, we've we've never necessarily viewed it as like some events will do like an east and a west event, and it's just like you know, kind of the same type thing, but just doing it yeah. twice on separate coasts. Um, that's one, and and that doesn't necessarily get me that excited. That's one of the reasons why we took the different approach to programming as well as a little bit more of a thematic theme to evolutions of it being, you know, that, that, you know, trends and, and new tools and new technologies and stuff like that was, is because, you know, from again, a selfish standpoint, like I'm more excited about having two events that kind of have different personalities and a little bit different approaches. Um, so if that approach will keep the evolutions event a little smaller, just in nature, then that's just kind of, you know, the way it is. But I, I, you know, our, again, our plan is for both of them to keep growing. So do you see, um, yeah, I've seen where you've kind of kept the podcast movement event, uh, or at least it is this coming year in Dallas, which is kind of centrally located in the country. Do you see it heading back to the East coast again? Yes. Uh, yeah. So we've got, uh, the 2023 venue already booked and we've got the 2024 venue already booked. Um, and one of those will be back on the East coast. Um, and it's not, you know, by the idea wasn't necessarily, okay, that one's like, you know, central to East coast and the evolutions is like always on the West coast. That's not necessarily how it'll always be. Um, but you know, just from a obviously business standpoint, it makes sense for them not to both be in the same city or even in the same region yeah. in the same year, just because, right. um, lo- we, we always see every year that there's more local people attending the event. Uh, there's lots of, you know, drive-ins LA we're doing targeted, you know, marketing towards local LA podcasters as, Hey, this is your opportunity to come to an event that you can drive to and stay at your own home for. Right. Um, and we always kind of do that kind of thing. So yeah, it definitely benefits us to not have them on top of each other, even if they are six months apart. Do you think that, um, you're going to have, um, uh, no, no, sorry. My brain is not firing on all cylinders today. Do you think that, uh, the event in London that finally opened up and start taking tickets, you know, have are you, are you any plans to go over and see that or, uh, not this year. Um, if they have a second year, I, it'll be cool to check out. It seems like they're taking a, you know, an interesting approach to things. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I know they've had several start stops just like we all have with, with the event. Um, yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I don't know personally the people running it, but I know they have an event production background, so it'll be exciting, uh, to see what they do. Yeah. Well, they, they wrapped, uh, kind of like a podcast festival around it, kind of like what the on air fest folks did. Right. Um, so they have a week long of live podcasts on stage. Um, I know, I know we've talked about that off and on over the years, even for podcast movement. Um, but, but I wanted to also ask here if you can answer maybe both of these two questions, but do you ever see the the evolutions event, uh, ever, ever being like maybe in the East coast or in Chicago or in some other city around the country, or is it always going to be in Los Angeles? 
No, I think it'll definitely, yeah, it'll definitely hit the road and travel a little bit. Um, it will. You know, okay. again, it, it does take some, you know, strategy and planning, like I said, geographically for it not to be on top of where the, you know, where the, the summer flagship event is. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that one, because it's a little bit smaller, we're able to take it a little more short, short term with our booking of venues, whereas, you know, the, the flagship event being 3,000, 4,000 people, um, just so yeah. few venues to pick from, we have to book that out uh, several more years in advance, whereas Evolutions, yeah. um, at least now, we kind of have that freedom to, to take it year by year. So, um, right. yeah. And then to your point about the, you know, the festival component, it'll be very interesting that the, the London show has, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, we, I was a part when I worked at, uh, the mid roll and at Earwolf, they tried a podcast festival called, um, yeah. now hear this. Uh, and that yep. took place in 20, I believe it was 2015 in Los Angeles and then yep. 2016 in New York. Um, and the difficulty that they, and that we found was that podcast fans are very loyal to the shows they love, but they don't care at all about the shows that they don't love or that they've never heard of or that they're not fans of. Um, so that festival type approach, like, Hey, buy your ticket and you can come see all of these shows all weekend long. That's not appealing. They're like, well, what about just that one show? That's the only one I want to go to. Like, let right. me buy a ticket to that one show. Right. Um, and you know, like our approach to it was that this was going to be like how Coachella is where people will buy just a festival ticket and they'll see Paul McCartney and then Jay-Z right after him and they'll love it all. But the music fan and the podcast, you know, fan, the podcast listener so far, at least what we saw, um, they don't, they're not the same. And I haven't seen, I haven't noticed if the, the London show, if they're doing like where you just buy a ticket to the shows you want and don't buy a ticket to the shows you don't want, or if it's a festival pass. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out because, um, you know, we, we've seen kind of mixed results. Yeah, for me, it, those types of events that are festivals, uh, very low value for us as a company wise. So it's, you know, it's something that we don't care about that much. It's um, catering to the listening side right, more than it right. is anything else. Yeah. And we saw that with PodCon too, right? That was the show that took place two years in, in a row in Seattle but, and they yeah. couldn't, they couldn't get yeah. it viable. It wasn't viable for them to keep going. And they were trying to right. do that same thing, kind of straddle the the line between being a fan event and a creator event. Um, and I would say that one, Rob, uh, you went to that one. I think yeah. Libsyn maybe exhibited and Blueberry exhibited as well. Um, I would say that was like a 50, 50 thing, 50% performances, 50% creators. Um, but again, like if you're, you're selling one pass that gets access to both of those, um, it's almost like that saying, what, if you're, if you're trying to be an event for everyone, you're an event for no one. And I kind of think that's, that's how it felt. And yeah, I think there was value there. We got value out of that event. So, and matter of fact, quite a bit of eye-opening value because right. it was more, it was more educational to us to, it, it was right about the time that, uh, true crime and that some of that was starting to really kick off. Audio fiction. It was big with audio. Yeah. Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah audio fiction. So for me, it was kind of the clue in that, Hey, here comes this trend of new content and new creators that are looking to do scripted type content because to be honest, there hadn't been a lot of scripted content. There was some. Well, but, it was also a much younger community than we'd ever seen yeah, in the podcasting space absolutely. too. Yeah, it right. was It was the first. And there was a few things, and Rob and I have talked about this a few times. There was like this, you know, a board, create your podcast artwork board. And they had all, and I thought, who in the heck's going to sit down and create artwork with you know, a decoupage of 
you know, magazines and stuff. And the whole board was full. And I'm just like, what? So it was a whole different vibe mm-hmm. uh, for sure. So, yeah, I think it can work. You just have to find a balance. And, um, but again. Well, it's, it, it's straddling that, that TikTok YouTube community. Um, there appears, and I don't know, Dan, what, what do you think about this, about the crossover that we're seeing? between podcasting and TikTok and YouTube. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess you could have at, at one point thrown like a clubhouse type thing in there too, right? All these different yeah, places that are true. kind of could be seen as extensions of podcasts or potentially podcast replacements. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, It'll be interesting fireside. because obviously right. that younger generation is is super into to TikTok. Um, you know, even people in my generation are in it. And, you know, kind of the same question we were having around clubhouse, is it taking away podcast listening time? taking away podcast creator time or is it just kind of things that people are doing on top of it? Are people now creating TikToks or consuming TikTok instead of podcasts or is it, or is it a different setting? Like they're doing that while they're, you know, asleep in bed, they're t- or falling asleep in yeah. bed, they're TikToking when yep. they, and they're driving, they're listening to podcasts and they're not replacing yep. one another. Um, you know, or, or are they from a creation and creative standpoint, are they, you know, one replacing the other? I don't know. I think the move TikTok made this week of going to 10 minutes is going to be ground changing for that platform. Is that to, live 10 minutes? Are they uh, doing like live? Cause I know no, they, they can already, do, they, but yeah, I don't, I, they can do up to 10 minute videos now. Okay. Uh, and they're rolling that out. So it was before so that's getting into like YouTube space. So right? yeah. So a minute, three minutes now it's 10. So I could see now where there could be, there were some podcasters over there cause I've been watching it pretty close. Matter of fact, that's where I go to get news. Now you want to see what's really happening in Ukraine. Go to TikTok. Because everyone and a brother, they're not putting this stuff on. Well, let's put some on YouTube, but it's being censored. Yeah. But TikTok has got, you, you, you can see what's going on in Ukraine. Just, it's where I go for news. It's hard to, because it's, it's real. It's some dude holding a cell phone on the side of the street, um, you know, recording something. But with them going to 10-minute windows now, um, it's either going to hurt them or help them. Because I think you have to be, it's, the, TikTok invented a time machine. They did, because you can sit on TikTok. I, I've been 10 o'clock at night, like like you said, laying in bed, <laughs> flipping through. And the next thing Mesmerizing I look, the next thing, the, no, the next thing I do, look at the clock is two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, what? Those four hours go? What happened? You know, it's like, really? You know, my phone's dead because I've been flip, 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 flip. So <laughs> I, I think that it can be... Um, pretty mesmerizing but again yeah. i'm i'm following thousands not 10 right you know so that fast content and being able to just get a 30 second piece and then move is is a lot different than the podcast i listen to yeah and like you said 10 minutes that's a show like 30 seconds is a clip it's a funny thing it's mm-hmm. a it's not but 10 right. minutes that's crossing into you know what i would call show territory that's right. so it is. or episode um, so that's a question. Like people are, are great flipping through watching 30 second clips. Um, but then when they hit something that's 10 minute long, are, are they, they then gonna, just going to sit there and like watch it or set their phone down and listen to it? Um, I don't know. I have a tendency on the three minute videos, unless I know who the creator is to move on. Cause sometimes it's like this big lead up. They're trying to lead you up to some culminate. They've shot a 10 minute video and they pick the last three minutes of it to, to get your attention. And then you end up in disappointment. So it, it, it is, there is interesting things happening on the platform, but um, I think it's all a meld 
Um, but I don't know if people are replacing TikTok time with podcast time. I, I don't know. Well, I think that the trend that we've seen in digital media overall, and I think we've seen it even to some degree with uh, uh, with YouTube. Um, and I think you know the interesting connection here is as you think about podcasting. I think when podcasting started, I think most of the content in podcasting was pretty long, and I think we are seeing a little bit of movement um, towards shorter podcast content. And I'm talking about audio. Um, not not significantly shorter, but definitely shorter. And then I'm seeing on YouTube, and Todd, um, Dan, I don't know if you guys are seeing this too, there's more and more content on there that's long form now than I've ever seen before. So, yeah. you know, it, it, both ends of this came to be playing, and I think all the platforms are trying to get as many users as they can, as much content as they can, um, onto the platform and that puts them in a situation where they are either going, you know, longer or shorter to, to appeal to. So I don't know if there's like this happy medium, but I think it is probably in that 10 to 30 minute range is probably where we're going to wind up. You know, I, I gave up watch. I ha I haven't, I've got a Netflix subscription. Haven't been on it in a year. Uh, I've got, you know, yeah, you're on YouTube all the time. I'm right? on YouTube. So yeah. for me, it's like, it's kind of weird. I've still have my core number of podcasts I listen to. And then I have this bigger group of YouTube channels that I watch because the content often doesn't come out once a week or twice a week or something. So it's easy to kind of keep. So I probably have 60 channels I'm subscribed to on YouTube and then TikTok. It's really short. So I have literally a thousand people that I can follow. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's, it, it stacks differently. Yeah. Based on the, but yeah, most of the content I watch on YouTube now is 20 to 30 minutes. Right. And if one is 45 minutes, I kind of go, Ooh, you know, look at the watch. Do I have time to, you know, waste watching this? Or I just let it play and listen to it. So. Yeah. It's almost like, um, when a platform launches, it, it utilizes short clips to get people hooked. And then over time, they, the content gets longer as they expand what they're doing. I think it, I mean, I think Twitter is a was probably the earliest example. This when they launched, they, they were 140 characters. Now they're 280, right? So they they found, I think, a larger market opportunity for them by going a little bit longer. So that's but that's interesting. I, I think uh, TikTok has a chance to erode some stuff on YouTube, especially if they figure out how to monetize everybody. Yeah, especially going to 10 minutes. Yeah. and who knows? I'm sure they'll open it up. You know, people maybe publish longer stuff than yeah. 10 minutes yeah. at some point. I don't watch too many people that are live um, on TikTok, but every once in a while, catch a channel. But you, TikTok leads you down paths. You do a couple of wrong hearts, and then you get off into Netherlands <laughs> for a little while, and it drives you back, you know? So it's, Yeah, it would be nice happens. to be able to go in there and say, like, hey, I, I just because I liked this one, I, I don't want to see everything about this one topic. And But like you said, you just got to play the waiting game. You just got to be... <laughs> Strategic well, you to not have, put hearts on anything else like that's that. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, you have to. Th this happens on YouTube all the time too. You know, you have to. You know, once you get in this groove, you watched a couple of videos on a particular topic, and then you're exactly right, Dan. You just get flooded with the same, same topic and or the same sources, and you, you're like, well, 
I'm going to have to go into the search. I'm going to have to search for something different, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then start watching that to retrain the algorithm. Yeah, that's what yeah. I do with Twitter TikTok. too, right? Like you heart a few <laughs> things, yeah. and all of a sudden it starts recommending that topic. And yeah. then, you know, yeah. these are followed by people you follow. Yeah. Um, but like you would say, like I would follow this person if I wanted to see everything they were tweeting or everything they were putting on YouTube. I would just you know, follow them or subscribe to their YouTube <laughs> channel, but I'm not yeah. for a reason. You don't have to keep showing it to me. It's definitely, that's one thing where they've got podcasting beat in a big way is yeah. this, you know, recommendation engine and driving you different places. I do want to bring one topic up it, and there was a little bit of a Twitter exchange I had with a big podcaster talking about, um, where they drop someone else's episode into, Oh a, yeah. Into a, right. into a feed. So it'd be like this show here. We're going to, we're going to drop someone else's show into this RSS feed. Right. Um, I contend, and I guess maybe this is my old school ways that that it's is just, new. that yeah. is, it's nothing new, but it seems to me uh, to be rude. Well, I think it's inconsiderate of your audience is what it is. Oh, I tell uh, you, I, I got some hellacious pushback when I said exactly that. Uh, well, it's because it's such a widespread thing. Like it happens a lot and it's, you know, sometimes it's done cross network. Like I know several networks who, if they have shows that haven't put out an episode in several years, but you go look at their feeds, it's just a bunch of like the latest show from the network. Like they'll just feed drop. So if you're subscribed, you know, to an old show, just because you're still subscribed to it every few months, you're getting a new thing. And you know, for a second, you're like, Oh, they put out a new episode or like a follow up. No, it's a, you know, feed drop from a new show from the network or from a sister or partner network. Um, and a lot of times it's, you know, a show that's not necessarily related. So it's not as effective as it's, um, trying to be, but yeah, like I, I also know there's several, um, several networks that, you know, you can buy a feed drop on their shows, you know, pick your show and we'll tell you how much it costs for your show to be, you know, dropped on one of our feeds. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, a pay to play strategy, but I don't know. I mean, I, but it, you know, the, the flip side is I, I think it's a very useful tool for smaller podcasters to potentially, you know, find an, a new audience. Like if you've got a couple shows that are on similar topic and you both have, I don't know, hundred listeners, 200 listeners, you know, a lot of podcasts, that's, you know, a, a reasonable number to have, but you're struggling to get over that hurdle. Like either, you know, the same way you might have a, a host of another show on your show and vice versa to try to cross pollinate. Um, it's a strategy. It might not be the right strategy, yeah. but you know, dropping that. And if you put a custom intro on the front of it, like, Hey, you know, Dan here from this podcast and you know, this is a special episode. It's from our, you know, this other show, check them out if you like it. Um, I don't know. If, I think if, it could go either way. If any of the shows I'm subscribed to do that, I'm going to put the host on absolute nuclear blast, you know, <laughs> um, you know, here's, here's how we did it before. And again, the old curmudgeon in here. So let's just, you know, trying to teach a dog new tricks. And we used to do a promo, a 30 second, around the 30, yeah, 60 thing, second right. promo for the show within the show, not mm -hmm. right. a feed drop. We'd run it, say, Hey, here's, here's a show we like you might like it as well. And, and run a 30, 60, 90 second promo from that show in the podcast. And we, we did that on a regular basis. No, I don't hear anyone doing that too much, but this whole feed drop thing, everyone's claiming, Oh, they're getting massive boost in numbers. You can tr only trade audiences so long, <laughs> you know, there's a little, there's a little danger in trading audiences. If you are the lesser show <laughs> and you have a bigger show come in, 
but it's of the same topic. You, you might take all your audience. You might just have gotten, you might have axed yourself, but again, different strokes for different folks. We never were hurt by running promos against tech shows, tech shows to tech shows. So well, Todd, we kind of did it with this show at one point, uh, back when I was working for Spreaker, remember we would do the, the, the live, um, version of this show over on Spreaker, remember, um, occasion, because if you go look at the Spreaker live show feed, it's got, got a bunch of new media, new media show episodes in it. <laughs> but at the so same did, time, it yeah. was we, we, the main feed for this show always stayed the main feed. If we did something extra somewhere, it still made it into this feed. Oh yeah. 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 No, it was still here. It's just, right. it was, um, added to another show. Right. Feed. Right. Right, which is kind of a different concept, right? I guess. Yeah, but it was they were both named the same. There was no, it wasn't like right. it was named something else. So, I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just, uh, yeah. Plus he, the, you know, I was the common thread between those two shows uh, as the host and oh, the co-host over, over here, which maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a clue to how that might work. Also, especially in a network type of situation, right, where you may have crossover, and I think it works best in a in a inside of a network of shows, right, um, than it is just random shows doing if, this. If if I'm the host and it's and I'm part of a network and I warn the audience, hey, we're going to drop an episode right. from someone here in the next couple of days, right, then that's one thing. And maybe right. the audience has been trained to do that, but I would give many weeks advance notice that we're going to drop, start dropping some episodes from some other shows in. I think it's really about disclosure and I, I don't know how they're handling it. If they're talking about it and they're, if they, maybe they don't talk about it, they just, they drop the episode. So I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm old school. Sorry. I, I just think it's rude for the audience. Yeah. But well, there's always new things that are being tried uh, by new people. Yeah. Um, there's very little that I see that people portray as something new that hasn't been tried a million times before. Um, and that's my curmudgeon coming out, but it's also <laughs> true, right? It's yeah. also true. I mean, you, you and I talk about it all the time. That there's th these new concepts that people think are uh, are something that are new, but they're not really new. But maybe it's new because now is a good time for it to work. I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I know Dan. You've been around the medium a while, so I'm sure you see this happen too. Of uh, new versus, you know, what's being viewed as as innovative, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like one of the things that came up at the, that hot pod summit was the, um, you know, like the concept of like subscriptions and Apple now having, you know, paid subscriptions and how that's, right. you know, groundbreaking. Right. And then the conversation comes back to, well, you've been able to do that for a long time, you know, right. blueberries offered, you know, private feeds and paid feeds and, you know, Libsyn does and Patreon for several years has had the option to, you know, have a paid feed for your patrons. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of that what's old is new again, like some people just weren't familiar with it or read the headlines or only are, you know, just consuming, you know, large shows on Apple and now it's a new thing. Um, but yeah. that's, you know, another thing that kind of, you know, resonated with me when you were saying, you know, kind of what's old is new and, and what's new happening is maybe what feels new isn't actually new at all. It's just kind of a new, new place for it to be. And, and before we had 
even before Blueberry had private podcasting, people were using membership plugins to do private their own private podcast for years, you know, for at least at least six, oh, seven yeah. years, a long time. And right. again, it was it's maybe not as secure, but at least there was getting there were getting money. They had a username password, they could subscribe to the feed. It wasn't super secure, but at the same time it you know, it wasn't designed for a hospital. It was designed for somebody that was giving, you know, an extra episode to fans that they didn't worry about if the episode right. leaked. Right. So, and, and, and Apple stuff is same way, but a little more controlled. You know, what we built was for industry. You know, we built stuff for, for banks and for, you know, HIPAA laws and DOD. And, you know, we built stuff that they, they need that stuff to be truly secure. So it's a totally different product. Um, but talking about different products, you saw the announcement from Spooler, this new platform. This one's a, that's a definitely an interesting play. And what James Boggs. Behind it. Yeah. Yeah. James Boggs. So I don't know about rebuilding the same episode multiple times a day. It just, to me, is a, a little well, odd. What is it using dynamic ad insertion? I think. Yeah, probably. that's what they're doing. But they're rebuilding right. on the fly every episode, and if new content comes in, they drop it in. Seems to me like that's something that would be designed for a, you know, a fast moving. Uh, you know, that's staff. That's that's a that's that's like if you want to update the content on a you know multiple times a day, maybe there's What's a scheduling the, feature, yeah. but still. It's like a news organization, right? Always cranking out, just like the AP did for many years when they had the AP Newswire or whatever. There was always something breaking. But, but it would be a new episode, you know? Yeah, right, right. Well, and I felt this way for many years back when I started working on dynamic um, technology and podcasting was it can be used, the, the dynamic ad insertion or the dynamic tools can be used for lots of things, not just yeah. ads. Yeah, we have customers use it for nothing. For right. Yeah, they same thing. They they build their whole shows with the dynamic ad, the dynamic platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reminds yeah. me a little bit of like when you know certain with with uh, the Amazon Echo and you can subscribe to different like news sources and when you get your your update from that news source, sometimes it's the same thing where it'll be you know, the same weather inserted with a different story on the front end, or sometimes the front end story has gotten changed, but the back end one is the same one that you heard an hour ago. So it's that, you know, that moment in time snapshot and, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of thing plays out in more of a, a podcast type space. I was thinking about how our ad insertion system works and obviously you start with the original file and you have breakpoints that you drop stuff in. So I'm thinking how hard is it to adapt the current platform to do what this does? And there's not a big stretch to to not too much work that would have to be done to to duplicate this, but I just don't see. We'll, we'll see how they succeed. We'll see how they do. But this is something I don't think an average podcaster is going to use. This is definitely an enterprise. Feels like enterprise to me, an enterprise product. Yeah, it seems like with that team behind it, that's a you know a pretty high level team. Like you said, yeah. James, who used to be with Apple, and Andy, who. Andy Bowers, yeah. who started, um, you know, Megaphone and was at Panoply in the early uh, days. Slate, and Slate too. Yeah, and Slate, Panoply. Public Radio, right. And Dan Benjamin's in there, so that's interesting. So yeah. I wonder if he's their coder. <laughs> he yeah. is. He is. Is Fireside yeah. somehow providing the, the back end? Is there some relation there? Uh, they don't say, but you would think maybe. You know, yeah. I, again, I don't know if Fireside has dynamic ad insertion or not. Not that I'm aware of. 
you know, it's, it's not, and, and, you know, just thinking in my head stitching content together is rudimentary simple. You know, right. it's, you just have to have the right API call or whatever, you, you know, whatever yeah. the, the programming layer to, to arrange it is the key. You still have to record the content, have the content ready well, to and, stack it in. Yeah. And that's another thing that isn't new too. the IT conversations back in 2005 oh, yeah. was something that's doing something almost identical to this. Yeah. Um, and the big thing though, with all this, if they're going to do this is they've got to get their their levels together. Um, and you know, with the audio levels, so they're not all over the map. Um, I haven't listened to it. Did it sound like it was all over the map? Did you listen to it? No, but there's a danger of it. Anytime you're stitching content together like, like this, uh, you can have levels issues. Um, and that's, that was the whole purpose of the levelator software that was put together by, um, uh, Mr. K, um, Doug K was to level out segments. Um, so you don't have this big variability. I know television's had this issue for many years, especially on the, um, on the digital side. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you, you guys have felt the pain on this well, too. They, they've done that on purpose. Right. When they roll a commercial in at 20 DB louder, that's, that's, uh, that's by design. Well, <laughs> <But> like <laughs> the streaming apps you're saying now, like the streaming apps, right. there's all kinds of funny errors that happen if you're, if you're watching Hulu or, yeah, exactly. Or some you of these apps where these your, inserted ads or something wrong with down. Right. I mean, you got to ride your remote control. Sometimes it's quieter, right? Like sometimes the ad's quieter, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, broadcast television that's louder for on purpose, like you were saying, Todd, yeah. but sometimes there's just some weird air happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and also it can be on the content side too. I mean, I've, I've watched TV shows where the, I don't know, just the audio production was just, you know, the, the levels were so low it, it, it same thing happens to podcasts too, right? Uh, it depends on how the show is produced. It, is it is the production of it um, involving having some, some sort of um, normalization on the on the volume side? You know, and this is a big um, concern, especially with the consumption of podcasting being kind of oftentimes in very noisy environments. You know, on airplane or in a bus or in a train or. Uh, you want to have those volume levels consistent, but there's nothing that will turn me off faster to a podcast is a podcast that from segment to segment, the volume jumps up and down. I am surprised they use Dolby to be honest with you. We tested that heavily. Oh, you did. Oh yeah. We tested it heavily. We sent that. We sent them X number of samples. They sent us the process ones back and I had my whole team like, in our heads, like listening to see A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B. And matter of fact, even got to the point where I actually restitched stuff together so I could actually listen it in sequence to hear if there was a difference. We didn't hear no difference. So, no. so, so were they doing normalization or were they doing cleanup? They were applying their Dolby sound to make it better for spoken Filter. word. Right. Yes. Right. And we, we, Again, they're saying they're using the smooth audio and apply noise reduction. But if you are doing a good podcast and you produce a master file, there should be no noise to begin with. Right. Um, so I don't know. You know maybe they're, they're, that's maybe their worry. They're going to have traffic or something like that that's going to come in and cause an issue. So uh, I'll have to subscribe to this new show they've got called The Refresh from Insider to, to see how it sounds. Yeah. 
But anyway, it's uh, lots happening here uh, in the space. That is for sure. But it's actually been a little bit quiet besides the acquisitions. Lots, you know, a lot of content stuff. That's always moving. But um, I don't know. Dan, is there anything new with the podcast movement community or a team that, or things that you guys are working on that you want to mention? Yeah, I mean, all hands on deck on the event right now. Um, yeah, we'll have some okay. some stuff to announce after, but yeah, mainly mainly just the event. Um, our daily newsletter, the Pod Move Daily. Anyone who hadn't checked that out yet, um, it's you know something we're we're super excited to have done for two years now. Yeah. Um, so that's you know takes up a, a chunk of time for several of our team members. But yeah, otherwise, um, all hands on deck for the next three weeks for evolutions. My only suggestion for your newsletter is make it shorter and easier to consume. <laughs> it takes me because I only have so much time to get through each of these news articles and yours, guys, is pretty thick. So, yeah, it's 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 a decent size for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not uh, it's not quite as bulleted out as as pod news, um, but it's also not, you know, hot pot either. That's so right. It's, it's right, some, oh. somewhere in the middle of those two, I'll say. So, what do you think is right. going to happen there with the changing oh. of the writing guard? Oh, a- Ashley Carmen leaving to go to Bloomberg, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. I don't yeah, know. She, they, she, she's great. Like I thought, you know, the newsletter definitely um, took a step forward with yeah, her. Me too. Um, I, you know, her her reporting with the Verge before she took over Hot Pod was really good. Um, so I'm excited to see what what Bloomberg can do there. Um, I don't know if with the I'm, I'm assuming a bigger a bigger budget behind her if there's more investigative stories to go on or what, but I'm, I'm excited to see what that means. Um, but yeah, Rob, when we at the hot pod summit, they kind of sounded like they weren't quite sure what the, the next direction was with hot pod. They, they did, they said it was going to stay around there. Obviously they spent money on it. They're not going to put it away, but they also said there's several different directions they're um, considering in terms of, you know, the next, the next writer or writers. I'm sure that the Bloomberg folks made a an offer that she couldn't refuse because <laughs> it hasn't been that long since she's since she shifted over to Hot Pod. As as she so. said, what she's going to be writing about over there? Is she going to be writing about podcasting, or is she just going to go yep. on the regular beat? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Audio and podcasting. Yeah. Yep. She's mm. going to continue over there. So it was definitely a jump. So it'll be interesting to see who the Verge picks as their hot pod um, editor going forward. Well, there was, a, there was, they something. didn't have one at the point of announcing this change. Uh, so. There was something that came out. Did it? So they had um, uh, Aria, who was one Aria. of their, their writers. Um, and then they introduced, I, f- I forgot his name, but they introduced kind of who was doing the editing in the background. And they said Aria and, and him, uh, they were going to oh, kind of bridge okay. the gap. Um, but they made it pretty clear oh. that they were bridging the gap and not taking over as the, the lead. So that's kind of, huh. seems like, seems like yeah, a little up in the air because, um, the, I, I like forget his name, but the gentleman solution. who kind of runs the verge, um, he right. was kind of the MC of the event or, or introduced and closed out the event. And he made it seem like they still, it was kind of TBD. They, they weren't quite sure yet. Yeah. Yeah. So but the loss, cause Ashley was a real good, somebody. Ashley was a real good host. Um, it was my first hot pod summit, but she was a good host and I thought she did well. You know, she did most of the interviews on stage. Um, so yeah, Bloomberg, I think got a, got a catch there. I, and I think too, I was actually pleased that hot pod wasn't as East coast focused, (laughs) you know? So I'm, you know, I, I'm hoping when we, whenever they do pick 
a new writer, <laughs> Rob, you're going to have to get him on here. We're going to have to talk to him. But uh, I think they'd done a better job. And I hadn't, when Nick was writing, I'd stop reading Hot Pod completely. Um, and then I started reading it again as soon as Ashley took over. So we'll see right. what happens with this new writer. Yeah. Whoever it is. Yeah. I guess, I guess we'll find out soon. So we're getting close to the end here. So Dan, uh, why don't you give everybody the pitch? Where do they go? How do they find it? What's, uh, you know, what's the dates, uh, you know, what's what should the packages, they do? Right. What should they do? Yeah, go to evolutions.podcastmovement.com. Uh, most of the full schedule is up there now, so you can check out the different sessions happening and, and see if anything there kind of suits your fancy. Um, you know, mention it again. It's an in-person, but as well as a virtual event. So if you want to save a little bit of money on travel and also on your ticket price, the virtual prices are, are more affordable. Um, but otherwise, you know, we're really excited for anyone who wants to get back to in-person events um, and you know, selfishly, we think it's a really good first event back um, for anyone who's considering it. And, you know, I said it earlier, but we've got three price levels depending on uh, who you are as a podcaster. So if you're brand new and you're just dipping your toes in the water, um, conveniently enough, the most inexpensive uh, ticket to the event uh, is geared towards you from a content perspective and still get to go to all the parties and uh, watch Will Ferrell and hang out with Paris Hilton and all all the fun kind of extracurricular stuff that happens at, at the event. So, um, yeah, super excited to see a lot of people out there and, uh, yeah, March 23rd through the 26th, Los Angeles. Awesome. Can't wait to be back out. One thing too, is, uh, just let you guys know, those of you that, uh, may have a, a adult child going to school for marketing or something like that, where Blueberry's now, uh, looking for a new social intern for the summer. So if you know someone that wants to do an internship with us, uh, drop me an email directly and then I'll send them the location where they can go uh, send their resume. So we're, we're looking for interns for the summer, but uh, for the summer season. So it's basically when school is off in May and then all the way through when school starts. So uh, if you want, or if you're not going to school and you still want to do an internship, <laughs> let us know. Got to, got to have some chops for, for Instagram though. So TikTok. <laughs> Uh, we got a TikTok channel too, so they've had having fun with that. So, Rob, uh, what's going on with you? Oh, just uh, you know, trying to get myself settled here, but uh, just normal stuff, and looking forward to coming out to podcast movement and getting going with the spring events, and and really looking forward to getting spring back. I've had enough snow. So, <laughs> are you willing to say what state you're in? What state are you in? Connecticut. So you didn't move out of the state. You're still no, in the same state. You just moved I'm to a different. Still in Connecticut. Yep. Just moved yep. to a different area. Yep. I'm about 30 minutes from where I was before. So the question, yep. Connecticut. Why Connecticut? Can we ask? Why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Spent all those years on the West Coast, so you had to move to the East Coast, yeah, right? Yeah, it was like this, and then I just went. <laughs> it's just like people ask me, why did you no. leave Hawaii to come to Michigan? And you know, I'm like, well, there's, there's a story there, but right. Well, I think it was being, being on the East coast. I actually spent my whole life on the West coast. So, um, do something different, get out in a different part of the area. I was coming out to New York a lot for podcast stuff and events and meetings and stuff. So I figured, you know, come out here and see, I've done the LA thing. So I was, I was down there for a year when I was with podcast one. And so the East coast it presented a different opportunity in a different place. And, 
it certainly, if we get back into more in-person stuff again, being here, being close to the, the New York Northeast market is a good place to be for the podcast industry. So, um, so I'm excited to be here and, and keep, keep building on that. Dan, Dan, you'll like this. Every time I'm in Texas, I think I need to move there. So it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, I, I looked at Texas too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Real estate prices aren't what they used to be. No, definitely they're not. Been, uh, definitely it's, affected it's, us down here. And it's not the same everywhere. It's double here in the last 18 months. So, and I'm in, oh, yeah, I'm in, everywhere. I'm in nowhere, Michigan, you know? So yeah. So it's everywhere. The prices yeah. are up every place. So. Seller's yeah, market, I, as they say. Yeah. yeah but good luck buying. Six months. Took you, uh, did you buy a place, Rob, or did you? Are yeah, you, no, yeah? no, I bought a house. Yeah, I bought a house. Yeah, it took me six months to find one. It's crazy. So, you know, at a decent price and what I was looking for. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. Uh, Dan? Yeah. Uh, look us up, Podcast Movement. I'm Dan at PodcastMovement.com. And Rob? Um, I can be found on Twitter. At Rob Greenley, so two E's. Also have robgreenley.com, and and uh, you can send me an email if you want. We'd love to hear from you. Rob G at Lipson.com. So it'd be um, I, I'm excited to see everybody um, in, in LA. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll be back next week. Will we regular time or is yep. there? Okay, good. Yeah, so good. we can dig dig into some of the stuff that I've been uh, holding my breath on, and uh, we can go from there. Uh, okay. But Everyone, thanks for being here and thanks for having watched the show or listened to the show and thanks for being subscribed. Yep. And for those of you live, well, hopefully the the audio was okay. I know we had some scratchy issues in the beginning, so but I think it think it's okay now. So that's good, Dan. Yeah. And thank you so yep. much for coming on and joining us. And I look forward to seeing you again in LA. <laughs> yeah, see you guys soon. All right, thanks, Dan. Okay, all right, Bye. and everyone else, we'll see you next time. Bye, bye.